welcome to Driven for Purpose, a lifestyle podcast designed to bring you the tips, tools, and resources so that you can discover your purpose, reignite your passion, and fully step into your power. I'm your host, Amanda Bickham, holistic health and mindfulness coach, and I'll be guiding you every step of the way. Thanks for tuning in and enjoy the show. about to uh, start this podcast. I feel inside my body and I feel this excitement. Sprout Love is back. And I love creating podcasts with this beautiful man because it's oftentimes just our conversations that um, are so powerful and so transformational and, and really talking about next level, the evolving especially when it comes to sex, sexuality, and relationships. And um, we were just having a conversation, a big conversation, and it evolved from shame to now what we're about to bring to you, which is stepping outside the boxes when it comes to relationships, relating. You know, currently there's all these different terms as we're evolving and expanding our consciousness from monogamy to polyamory to open relating to non-monogamy to whatever it is that you want to create. And what's so interesting is is we're using these terms and as people are starting to expand beyond the unexpected story of monogamy which has been placed upon us for however many hundreds of years, um, now people are starting to jump into the box of polyamory and it's like, okay, wow, this makes me feel more free so this is what I want to do. And Sprout, what I loved what you were just saying, you know, we have very different backgrounds of how we got to where we are, but yet somehow we're relating in the exact same way. And what I loved what you were just sharing is there was a post on Facebook uh, not that long ago that I actually shared because I really related with the way, not necessarily what this was, person was using or the labels that this person was using, but what they were really alluding to. And it was interesting because the same post really triggered you. And um, we were just speaking into that. Like how do we expand beyond all these lorry, these stories and labels of relating. And I thought that it would be powerful to, to turn on the podcast and create an opportunity to share this with more than just you and I and these roosters here. Hmm. You see what the roosters are really happy though. They're allowed to make all the noises they want at any hours of the night. <laughs> it's not shamed. There's one head rooster and he gets with all the, all the ladies. So. Yeah. Mm. So, so, yeah, I would love to, yeah, feel into maybe even... And those people who are, who are familiar with the podcast maybe have heard your story a little bit in the past. Um, but you were talking about how... Let's talk about the piece that kind of triggers you around the whole monogamy and polyamory boxes. You want to speak into that for you personally? Why it mm. creates this feeling inside yourself? Of so, <laughs> there's new, numerous aspects to this um, that trigger me. And one aspect might be the monogamy versus polyamory piece that plays out, mm -hmm. general conditioning. 
I mean, when I first realized that I was in this box. The monogamy box. Yeah, this monogamy box. I, I didn't really uh, think about the term at all. And I, after about seven years of being in a monogamous container, I, I, I realized that this little escalator I was on was uh, undermining. There was an expectation of, uh, you know, maybe marriage and kids at that point. Um, and I realized I never signed up for this. Mm. I realized I wasn't, uh, I wasn't playing uh, the normal game that, uh, that underlines especially North American subculture, or not subculture, just North American culture. Um, yeah, when I did that, I was like, okay, like I'm stuck here, something's not working. Um, and I, there's an interesting piece because it was really, it really like the feeling aspect of it was that my, uh, no, I felt our sex life was off. Mm. So it's really interesting. It was like, for me, I, I don't want to point anything. I don't want to point the finger at myself, but there's a piece of me being a male and I knew that something was off in our sex life. And I knew that I couldn't marry anybody that if our sexual sexual energy wasn't going to be there, uh, it was it just was the triggering point that taught me that like okay to look at my relationship frame. And from that point, I started looking at uh, I didn't just I didn't just look at polyamory. I, I think I found polyamory. I might have found ethical and non-monogamy at first, and then found polyamory it was like the counter movement to monogamy. Um, but then I just started, I realized if what I was conditioned to believe wasn't true, well then I knew that there's a, a rainbow of everything available to me. So I started looking at all the frameworks in which people are talking about, which there's plenty, plenty of different ways in people relate. Um, once you start breaking it down, and, you know, at that very beginning, I was noticing this monogamy versus polyamory piece playing out. It was like a competition mm. between what's better. Mm. And that's kind of messed up. Um, and, and, you know, partly because whether it's monogamous, polyamorous, non-monogamous, relationship anarchists, free love, whatever the hell you want to call it, they're actually all about relationship. They're mm. not actually that separate. Mm. The only way, like if there's a co competition, it would be monogamy versus non-monogamy. Those would be two polar opposites. Yeah. And within that is a huge spectrum. Yeah. I, I, sometimes I, something that also triggers me around it is that we often base relationships based upon who we're having sex with. Mm, yeah. So it's whose genitals touch whose, and that's like, okay, I'm monogamous because I only touch one person's genitals at a time. Mm. Polyamory at least opens up to multiple love. Mm -hmm. But the, the catch I find in polyamory is oftentimes when they say multiple love, they're still talking about who they have sex with. Mm. Multiple lovers, mm. sexual partners. Mm. But multiple love, I love that frame if people are actually to look at polyamory from a space of just sharing your heart, opening your heart. 
Well, that's one thing that like I feel is interesting and, and, and I love what you spoke into at the very beginning, which was, it was like you didn't even realize that you were on this escalator ride of underlying expectations. And you didn't even really realize that you were in the monogamy box. It was just like all of a sudden you were like on this escalator and it's going up here and you're like, wait, what? What's happening? Like, do I have a choice in this? And what's interesting is when you look around at the majority of, um, of what society is doing and you're just looking around, which is what we do. We look around for reassurance, like, am I doing this right? Is this okay? You know, we're constantly checking in from the external to validate our own, like, self-expression or path or whatever it is. That's what everybody else is doing. So if you don't have, if you don't create the time and space to um, question deeper or question what's true for you, you can easily be on that escalator and then all of a sudden end up married and with kids and be like, what the fuck did I do? This is actually not really what I wanted. So I think the fact that you spoke into that piece is really powerful. And for a lot of people who maybe are on or have been on or deciding to exit that escalator at any point in their journey, I think that that's a powerful piece of awareness to bring in. Um, because that's really all it takes is it takes is this like bigger, bigger shift or bigger perspective shift on like, okay, so yes, this is what everybody's doing, but is this fully aligned with like what feels good for me? And if not, what are the other angles to which, what are the other avenues to which I can go? And, and when you bring up this whole polyamory piece, um, what's interesting is I didn't even know what polyamory was till I went to the Bay. Um, the Bay Area, San Francisco Bay Area is very, very poly. And when you speak into the, the piece around relationships and touching other people's genitals, like oftentimes monogamy or polyamory is about, you know, whose genitals you're touching. That's actually kind of a, a challenge and a reason why I didn't feel like I really resonated with the term poly. I knew that monogamy didn't really feel most aligned for me. I knew that there was something more. The other direction that I also was pointed into was polyamory. And I looked at that. And I'm like, okay, well, there's a lot more freedom there. But when I got into the culture, I'm like, the majority of people, not always, but the majority of people I feel are basically just wanting the sexual freedom. They're wanting to be able to go out and to play and to have this freedom around their sexuality because they feel really repressed and disconnected when they're in the other form. And so there was a piece of that that, like, didn't sit well with me because it's like I don't want to – I don't know. There's just a piece that didn't fully resonate with me. It's not about me, like, feeling I can go out and have sex and, and want to go have sex with whoever, whoever I want and, like, just have this freedom of play and, you know. So, so I think that's interesting that you – spoke into those two aspects and I wanted to share that piece on kind of the poly community that I found that didn't fully resonate with me because yes I'm a sexual being but I don't necessarily I didn't feel that I fit into the community of the majority of people who are operating in the polyamory world because it was yeah it was a slightly different vibrational frequency to which how I choose to often share my sexual energy does that make sense? Yeah. So when you when you started looking, okay, we, we go from monogamy to poly, and then you started looking beyond poly, and what did you find? Yeah, I I realized that Yeah, there's a piece of me that like my consciousness 
when it becomes aware, it wants to like really understand. Um, not with everything, but certain things. And this piece around relationship and sexuality was a key denominator in my evolution, my spiritual evolution, to understand like what I am. And so when I realized that I was in this frame that I didn't really agree to, and I had to like unfold the pieces, I mean, the first thing that made sense was ethical non-monogamy. Mm-hmm. You know, I started looking at being ethical. What does that mean to me? Yeah. And being non-monogamous, because I was already being monogamous, and that wasn't quite working. Yeah. Um, so then non-monogamy. And then I saw polyamory. I saw, like, all... And then in polyamory, I saw all kinds of rules and agreements, and I thought that was kind of fucked. And, and as time went on, I started to notice a polynormative. Like a polyamorous norm normalized reality, which is like that, the primary. Well, yeah. So this gets a little. It starts to get a little tricky because then it gets into oftentimes hierarchy hierarchies. Yeah. Which is exactly what the system as we know it is predicated on. Predicated on, like, uh, I mean, from from thousands of years like we have kings and queens we have mm-hmm. hierarchies mm-hmm. now we're building relationships open relationships that have these hierarchical structures which are are the structures that we don't like in society we build them in our relationships mm-hmm. as a as a i get it from a, from the standpoint of trying to create safety yeah i get that um so we have hierarchy we have uh what are a few other things that we have we have can I speak into the hierarchy piece? Hold on. Okay. I'll finish this. We have hierarchy, and then then we get into the rules and agreements piece. Yeah. Like, now I have to fit into a bunch of boxes just to relate with you. Yeah. So we have hierarchy being primary relationship structure. Mm-hmm. So now you're my primary. So everybody else is my secondary. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's kind of a little fucked. Like... Who wants to be the secondary? Yeah, who wants to be the secondary? <laughs> I ain't going to be nobody's secondary. Yeah, same. Yeah, yeah. And when I see people playing that out, I'm totally... I get triggered. This is what gets triggered in me. Yeah. When we talk about polyamory and hierarchy is... So what you're saying is you're... This is your number one. Yeah. They're your, your emotional connection. You're everything. Yeah. And I'm going to go out in there. I'm going to move my sexual energy with everybody else. I'm going to fuck you. But you, we're not going to have an emotional connection like this person. Yeah. And then this person even can have the audacity to tell me to stop being lovers with you if they choose so because yeah. they're my they're primary. They're triggered or they're upset. They're triggered that they're, I have a yeah. connection with you. Yeah. And they're afraid that it's going to f- cause a problem with this connection. Yeah. So then you're still playing in this like this uh, tug of war of you're, power. You're and, pretty close yeah. to monogamous. Yeah, yeah. You're just fucking other people. Yeah. Sorry for the... Vo- uh, it's fine. This podcast accepts all things. <laughs> but that that part is like, it's just such a cosmic joke. I'm yeah. like looking at it like, I I don't approach people that are playing hierarchy. Yeah. I'll, I'll approach them. I will try to, I'll break it down to see what they can, what is actually like, is what you're offering just sex? Yeah. And a good time? Yeah. Well, I think I think I think a, a lot of people like I know people who who conform to the poly. I'm poly, right? <laughs> and 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 they and I know people who are in who are in marriages, let's say. Like I'm married to this person, but they have like 
love relationships with one or two other people you know and I and I so I think that although that might be like a typical structure that you have seen or like a more common structure I can say that I've personally related with people who it's like okay they're married and I'm like I'm not trying to take that away but I really love the connection that I have with you and we can have a romantic connection we can have a physical connection we can have an intimate connection we can have an emotional connection so like although I do think that the what you spoke into is common I definitely know people who are who are giving me more than that and also they're married and have a kid so if you're married and have a kid like I don't want that responsibility. I'm not trying to take you away from that, you know, that person or that thing that you have. It's special and beautiful and unique. And yet also there are ways in which you can meet me and I can meet you that are really powerful and special and are different than maybe your wife. But I don't often even, I sometimes very rarely, but sometimes I can feel that although they might be playing in the primary story of like, yes, this is my wife, you know, I still can feel like I'm like, not necessarily secondary although i'm always going to be in that case because this is your wife and that's your kid you know yeah so i just wanted to speak into that piece too because there are there are people who are but yet still there is that hierarchy but and i don't and i don't mean to like uh make it out that it's all this way sure i mean there's there's definitely a like poly can come in all shapes and sizes yes the funny thing is even monogamy can if you start to break it down monogamy can have different shapes and sizes hmm. um, just like depends on it de- depends on what we call monogamy and if we talk about monogamy being one partner that you're sexually connected with emotionally connected with with spiritually connected with energetically connected with, with and you can't connect with other people if that's what monogamy is um, let's not go into monogamy I think I'm more interested in like <laughs> That's a whole nother rabbit hole, and that's not really the focus, I feel. So, so when, when I just speak into this polynormative structure, um, yeah, there's a lot of people that aren't necessarily falling into it, call themselves poly, and that's perfectly fine. Like, I don't really care what you call yourself, actually. Yeah. yeah. It's more about how you align yourself. Yeah. And when I started lifting out all these boxes, and I, I, I chose for myself not to identify with any of the boxes. Mm-hmm. I realized I didn't want to play with hierarchy. I didn't want to play with rules. I didn't want to play with agreements. And what I gained through that was, well, aligning myself to my own integrity and my own spiritual path. Yes. Like, I had to clear space for, like, my own truth to come through. Yes. I wasn't going to lean into somebody else. I was just holding myself, waiting for other people that could hold themselves. Yes. And I brought a lot of fear to people when I said, no, I don't do rules and agreements. I don't do primaries if they're looking for a primary to create safety for them and i'm not the one and i have to speak up to this just this just was posted uh just the other day and it was about um and it was something from esther perel might have been posted today around uh creating a foundation or spreading your wings Hmm. and i reflected on that you know like in relationships this is a really funny one Creating the foundation of a relationship, a primary foundation, it does it does have a nice ring to it. Like, ooh, we're building this foundation. Beautiful. I get that. And spreading your wings. Oh, just going and tasting the rainbow, having fun, relating with people. This is really fun. Both those are true. One, the foundation creates safety. The other creates expansion. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, whoa, those are both beautiful. And I realized, as Esther Perel was talking about it, and 
where I came through, I was like, oh, I guess there's a piece in my reality that the whole time I was just building my foundation. Not with another. Yeah. And the whole time I, I told everybody, I was like, my primary is myself. Yeah. Like, this is, I hold myself and I want your primary to be you. Yeah. And then we relate. Yeah. I'm not going to make you my primary. It may feel like we're primaries. Yeah. That's great. That's all fine. What, what, what you feel is more important than the label we put on it. Mm-hmm. So now, along my path, I've built my foundation. And in that foundation, I, I have to have a lot of integrity. I don't, my, sex, my life force, my sex energy is the most sacred thing I have. The most powerful thing I have. And people do want it. People do try to take it. Mm. I don't need to share with everybody. I'm pretty secure in my own sexuality. Well, what I think is really interesting, and I've had this conversation a lot over the past, uh, I feel like maybe a couple months, definitely a couple weeks, is like the roles that we are inevitably putting ourselves in, and, and it's the completion, right? Like we're, we're, we're built and sold this story that you complete me because we have this disconnection to our own masculine and feminine within. I'm a woman. I'm female. I'm supposed to show up like this in a relationship. This is how I show up. I mean, think about the like the traditional 1950s, you know, yeah. story. Um, you're a man, you show up like this. And I have like male clients that I see and I feel how much they've, fit this role you know most of them are in their you know 50s they fit this role their entire life totally ignoring parts of themselves that like they've been shamed against or repressed from or you know and I think it's this old story of relationships the old paradigm of like I am only complete when I can find the masculine to show up for me because I'm unable to have my own masculine be met by me. And I think that this is, or, or vice versa, the feminine. Like, I need someone to take care of me. I need someone to nurture me. I need someone to, you know, make me food. It's like, all of those are nurturing acts. Like, where are you nurturing yourself? And so in this new shift, in this new shift in understanding relationships and what's possible, having the first and fi- foremost primary relationship be with yourself, which means that you're your nurturer and you're your provider. You're your, you're your man and you're your woman. And that means you're not expecting someone else to fulfill the roles that you have been taught somebody else should fill for you, which I think is really, really important for people as they're moving forward and trying to understand where they relate in their own story of relationship. It's like, okay, well, am I resting on something outside myself in order to complete me? Or have I done enough self-work to find it within? And I've seen a lot of people who have gone from relationship to relationship to relationship. It's like, you know, those people who are always in relationships. It's like, when was the last time you were single? When, when were, you, were you the last time you were in your relationship with yourself? Because I can only speak for me, but like when I chose to be in relationship with myself, that's how I built my sovereignty. It wasn't from going from one relationship to another relationship to another relationship, looking for something outside myself to fulfill parts of myself that I was unable to fill in my own. So I got to chime in here because this is brilliant. This is a brilliant interlude to where I come from. And this, 
I realize as you're saying, and I'm like, oh, this is a different story. Look, I have a different story to get here. Um, I'm grateful for my story. It's ridiculous, but, um, you know, I went through uh, this almost nine-year-long monogamous relationship. And um, when I separated out of that, this whole piece about the expectation of what the relationship was going to. Mm-hmm. I started, at that point I was starting to, this is where I started getting messages from my inner feminine. Mm. I was already being present in that relationship. I didn't make the agreement that in five years we're supposed to get married. I, I was just being present. My own feminine is just presence. Emotionally connected, energetically connected. That's all it is. Mm. So I was already like getting these little downloads of, I already kind of knew how to be present. And um, when I went into the journey, I was, I was doing pretty good at monogamy. So I realized, well, what happens when I turn this into a non-monogamous frame? That's like, seems doable. Like I could probably do the same thing just in a non-monogamous way. Um, it took a long time. It took a lot of work. Um, and what relating with females was doing to me, I realized after a long time, is I learned most everything that I know of about my own feminine through relating with females. Mm-hmm. They were mirrors for my own personal growth. And so when you speak of like being single, like, damn, I've been pretty good at being in relationship. Mm-hmm. But they're the ones that taught me the thing that I, la- I lacked in myself, mm-hmm. which was my connection to my feminine. Mm-hmm. They're the ones that taught me the pieces of vulnerability and how to get there. And they mirrored me in such a beautiful way. Mm. And I can only speak of my journey and how fascinating it is to me. I'm not saying your journey is wrong or bad. Your journey is amazing. And my journey is also amazing. Well, that's what's interesting because that's I've, what got us here. Yeah, I've, I, I've even done, like, apology rituals for just, like, little pieces of, like, apologizing for for... Not, I don't want to say using, that might not be the best term, but like utilizing, this is the hardest part because actually what's happening is a transformation. When we relate, we, we transform our reality from what we are as an individual into yeah. what we are as a collective. Mm-hmm. So I was utilizing that connection in, as a form of transformation. Mm-hmm. But it was transformation in both ways. They gained from me too. Mm-hmm. So I do apologize for that. Like I did embody my feminine through relating through numerous partners along the way mm. and I also transmitted my own masculine towards them so interesting because when I'm I'm like okay well then where did I get my because I don't really feel like I was always in here's the difference like I was always in I was in, I had many relationships with men many I grew up with me being friends with majority of men I wasn't always sexual in those relationships. I had relationships between, you know, let's say the age of 16 until now. Um, so, of course, there was, there was teachings in that, and as you say, mirrors. And yet, the primary foundation of me understanding my own masculine was from just observing the relations that I had to men. They didn't have to be romantic. And my feminine was... I mean, that was only, uh, as of recently, really being able to drop into that. And I think in the West, we have this more masculine culture yeah, anyway, so it's a lot. conditioned in the masculine. So yeah, I, it's a lot Even easier. women who think they're, 
think because they're women, they're feminine. They're off. They're running masculine. a lot of masculine energy. Yeah. So I wanna I wanna tune in just because I don't want to make this episode too long, and there's so many topics and ways in which we can move. But what I really wanted to speak into coming back into kind of this this focus is moving beyond the boxes. And you spoke into when we before I turned the recorder on. So we went from monogamy to polyamory to non-monogamy to and then you said like one of the closest things that you found was relationship anarchy do you want to just give a quick speak into relationship anarchy so the not the the closest things i found to the edges of the box yeah was relationship anarchy so this was the frame in which it's so funny because it's still a box yeah and as I dove into it, I was like, whoa, it broke everything down. Mm-hmm. So polyamory itself is a little bit, they try to generalize it. like, um, And relationship anarchy was built off the shadows of polyamory. So polyamory had this normalized idea, which has been around for quite a few years. Like polyamory has been in the limelight for 10 years, maybe. Uh, probably going on longer than that, but... Um, really shiny for the last four to five years. Yeah. Um, but relationship anarchy was was built off of the shadows playing out. Like what people were like, well, that's kind of fucking, that's kind of shady. Like why would we, why would we agree to that? So relationship anarchy just started breaking down every the box. Now it's not. Uh, now it's not just relationship hierarchy all around sexuality. It's like uh, we could just be cuddle buddies that go for ice cream and that could be the box that we sit in Mm. so it just breaks it all down into all kinds of boxes and trillion boxes of you create whatever reality you want with anybody you want and i was like that's brilliant that's how far they had to go to get out of the boxes was to witness every box as its own separate box and then 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 you could just realize how ridiculous it is but also beautiful if you want to create a box with somebody you could do that yeah but it doesn't have to be predicated on any idea of what polyamory is Mm. Oh, polyamory is like, yeah, I've seen it. They're not doing, they, like, they're just people fucking around or they're not emotionally connected or they just, blah, whatever you want. Well, relationship anarchy is at least breaking that down into, like, whatever you want it to be. Like, so people that are asexual that don't even have sex with people feel really safe being in the relationship anarchy box. Yeah. Because they could be like, you know, polyamory is often, like, there's an there's undertone sexual, of sexuality. Yeah, so, like, yeah. relationship anarchy is like, no, 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 no. You could do anything you want. Yeah. You could just be pirate buddies if that's what you want. But then what happens when you're not even in that box? Relationship anarchy and anarchy as a principle is about organized chaos. Yeah. And I often think of the Tao, uh, the way of the universe. Yeah. The way of the universe is actually organized chaos. It's, yeah. We wouldn't have to do anything and it would all, it's, it's, it's got it's us here. It's all working it out, yeah. It's all working itself out. We're aligning to, to truth. And most times when we're creating rules and agreements, government structures in which our past past challenges that we've put rules because we think that if we don't have these rules the same problem will keep happening but we're evolving we're evolving so the rule that was placed in 50 years ago because of a problem they had 60 years ago we're gonna have different problems we're gonna have different problems we'll never be able to predict it anyways yeah yeah and so we really need to align ourselves to with integrity and we need to teach integrity so people can kind of align themselves to the truth of like 
Which comes from within instead of yeah. coming from something outside. Because or... the, if you keep fucking shit up, you, you start to realize. Yeah. That doesn't mean be a bad human. Teach your child to be a good human. Yeah. But aligning yourself with integrity. Anyways, this piece of relationship anarchy came through and I realized, oh, this is the deep, like, this is like a really key aspect. So I, I like, I was just, underst I understood an anarchy at that point. I didn't identify with relationship anarchy, but I explored relationship anarchy. And what I started seeing in relationship anarchy in the community of relationship anarchy was a normative started to form within that community of like how relationship anarchy has to look. Mm. And I realized that they're just trapping themselves in another box. Mm. They got outside of that box just to create another box. And I was like, oh shit, this is just human evolution. So how do I get out of that? <laughs> well, I don't follow any of what anybody else believes. I just align myself with myself and follow my path. Mm. Mm. It's so beautiful to to feel your passion and to hear your work and to hear your journey and to hear your awareness and your desire to continue moving and continue expanding and to hear the simplicity of it like it's not simple but it is simple you know aligning yourself with your highest alignment and moving from that space mm. trusting that space trusting your own internal guidance system Trusting your feelings, not your mind, not what everybody else is doing or what people say is right or wrong or good or bad, but moving to the core of you, feeling, and from that space of feeling, aligning to the path that brings you to wherever it is you're meant to be and you're going to end up anyway. And I think that, you know, one of the conditions that's been placed upon us in our highly masculinized culture and society is that we move from our mind. We move from logic. We move, logic comes from what we've experienced from our past. So we're creating our future based upon conditions of our past instead of creating our future based upon what's alive in the present. And I think that this is truly like, the peace of evolutionary relationships, evolution as humans in relationship to life, in relationship to love, in relationship to sex, coming from where we are right now. And that doesn't say don't feel or don't think about or don't, whatever's happened has got you to where you are and where you are is what's real and what's alive. And where you are right now is gonna be different from where you are in the future. You can't always predict it upon the past. And so when I hear you say like aligning with yourself, helping create spaces where people can learn to deconstruct the conditioning that they've been taught to believe they need to be in order to follow, in order to feel safe. All of those are just stories of our mind anyway. The safety. What the fuck is safety, really? Is monogamy really safe when you have so many people doing, you know, being in, uh, having... Thank you, cheating, yeah. Creating infidelity, like, is that really safe? 